0: Hey, real quick before we get back into the episode, I want to tell you about my free newsletter, Podcast Workflows. If you are wondering how I can successfully run this show plus two other shows, plus run a business, plus run three children, Podcast Workflows is for you. You will get weekly emails with behind the scenes look on how I produce this show, experiments I am trying with other podcasts, and general advice to start grow, and monetize your podcast. You'll also have the opportunity to become a member and get ad-free extended episodes of this show as well as bonus content. You can do all of that over at podcastworkflows.com slash join. That's podcastworkflows.com slash join. Sign up for free today. While there have been big leaps in membership software in the last five years, membership sites are still some of the hardest to create and run properly. That's why I brought in Melody Moore. She's been building, maintaining, and scaling seven and eight figure membership sites for the past 10 years. Her team kills shiny object syndrome and creates massive success in less time by utilizing psychology, state-of-the-art technology, and effective systems. Today, you're going to learn her process and how to launch a successful membership. In How I Built It Pro, members get to hear us talk about parenting, general thoughts on Twitter, and improv. To get this and every episode ad-free and extended, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash pro. And before we get into the episode, I want you to look for these top takeaways. First of all, Melody outlines three major mistakes content creators make. Acting too big, having to finish before you sell, and thinking a tech person is your savior. Then she'll talk about how to avoid them. We talk about how most platforms don't think about the entire customer journey, and How to reduce churn. This is such an amazing episode that came at the right time for me, and I know you're going to love it. So, without further ado, let's get to the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast where you get free coaching calls from successful creators. Each week, you get actionable advice on how you can build a better content business to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. All right. Welcome, welcome to episode 311 of How I Built It. I'm here with Melody Moore, the CEO of Business Tech Ninjas. I'm really excited. We had an amazing pre-show conversation available to members only about like Twitter and ephemeral thoughts and parenting and improv and how they all tie together. So if you're wondering how could that possibly be, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash pro. Let's bring in Melody. How are you today?
1: I'm doing wonderful. It is uh, warming up in Ontario now. So I'm excited about um, it being not so cold coming up.
0: Yes, it is like 50 degrees here right now, which is like light hoodie weather for me. Um, trying to
1: remember what, what would
0: that be in Celsius. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, I think it's, it sounds 10 like, it's like 10 degrees Celsius. De- 10 yeah.
1: degrees is like shorts and t-shirt
0: weather for us. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> See, our, our mutual friend, Chris Lemma, mm-hmm. uh, we, Melody and I met at Cabo Press. Mm-hmm. Um, he moved from California to Texas, so he has zero tolerance for the cold. And we were in St. Louis in November for WordCamp US one year. And it's like 50 degrees and he's wearing like this big puffy winter jacket and I am wearing like a long sleeve shirt, but the sleeves are rolled up and he's, he's like, just, are you just flexing right now? I'm like a little bit, but also like it's the sun is shining. It's like kind of, I, I would be hot in a big puffy jacket in 50 degree sunny weather.
1: He just went out to Alaska, too. <laughs> I know. Like he had, like, all of the things.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Melly, I'm excited to talk to you today because, first of all, I have some membership woes. Um, and I am, like, a web developer of 20 years who understands this stuff. But, like, sometimes you get in your own head. And so the first question, um, the first topic I wanted to cover, right, was around choosing the right platform, right? Because as... You're in the WordPress space a bit, um, or you're at least doing WordPress work. I don't know how deeply embedded in the WordPress space you are. I was deeply embedded in the WordPress space for a long time. Um, and the question of like, should I use a hosted solution or a self-hosted solution? Or I forget the terms that, that you used, but I liked those.
1: I, I like calling them platform versus just WordPress in general. Nice. Um and I guess it is hosted versus self-hosted, but I find most of our clients don't understand that. They're like, yeah, "What do you mean?"
0: <laughs> right. That's like the number one piece of content that like every agency writes. Like, should you have self-host or do hosted, and I'm like, what's the difference?
1: Yeah. No. And and, and that's a lot um, of my role is translating mm-hmm. that of translating all the tech speak to clients of like, this is what it actually means to you. Of uh, this is what this choice actually breaks down um, too. And, and I really like your story because you went you trans from WordPress and now you're on what I would consider a platform. So maybe it's good to just kind of start of like what's the definition? What is the difference between hosted versus self-hosted or platform versus WordPress which are synonymous?
0: Yeah, I think that's great, right? Because I think a lot of people listening, right, this did move from like WordPress developer focused podcast to now it's for creators. And so Mm -hmm. creators are faced with this question all the time. Like should I use Kajabi? Should I use Teachable? Mm -hmm. What is can I sell courses with WordPress? Like, what is that? So why don't you tell us what's your definition of platform versus WordPress or hosted versus self-hosted?
1: So a a platform is going to be your Thinkifics, your Kajabis, your ClickFunnels. Um, Thrivecart now has an option where you can put your courses on there. And the main way to know if it's a platform solution is, are you logging into their URL to access your content or to control settings or something along those lines? And that's a good way If like, if you're not really sure, then that you're probably on a platform if you're logging into one of those. Um, and then there's there are some gray areas, but then the other major one is, is a WordPress site. Now with a WordPress site, you're going to have to buy hosting and you install plugins and a theme and you choose a membership site solution. Um, and that would be a, your self-hosted thing on that.
0: Nice. I love that. Are you logging into their URL? What a clear way to understand the difference right cuz you know i ch- i've always explained it like um are you renting an apartment or are you buying a house like that's a classic way that i try to define mm-hmm. it but maybe it's actually more like are you buying a prefab house or are you doing are you building a house right <laughs> like maybe that but like again that's like metaphors that are maybe less concrete than what
1: you've said, which is great. It's kind of like, um, like a WeWork type scenario. Yeah. Like are you going into the? Are you going into your WeWork office? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. There's so many different analogies you can use yeah. for it. Um, yeah. But it's I'll, yeah.
0: Oh, ultimately, like the the platform, right? You're you're basically paying monthly for them to worry about everything. In theory, that's the dream. In theory. in theory, that is the dream. I love that you said in theory, right? Because it's not really the case.
1: One of my one of my favorite sayings with technology is uh, "trust but verify."
0: Trust but verify. I love
1: it. And um, every every membership, every membership platform or membership tool has an amazing sales page, <laughs> and all of the sales pages say essentially the same things. If you really really break it down but how it matters the detail of how they actually deliver on those items. And we were talking a little bit about payment failure um, as we were chatting before this. And that's one of the major downfalls that I see behind all of the services, both WordPress plugins as well as platforms, is they don't think about the entire journey that members have that their users are going to have to do. And we've been working a lot um, to have better analytics and better flow within membership sites because what we found is that Every single tool we found hasn't really thought through how members are supposed to fall fall through this this system. As a software developer, and you'd said something before when we were chatting, is uh, what are they optimizing for? Mm -hmm. And most software developers are optimizing for, we want as many people to use this tool as possible. And what they do with that is they don't say, well, this is how you should use it. And so they give you a lot of options, but they don't cover often the things that are really fundamentally important. Because they're like, "Oh well, you, we're giving you the tool; you figure out how you use it." And I think that's the major downfall I see with with a lot of these tools. And, and that's what that's where we come in essentially of what we've done because we take we take clients that are on that. It starts to feel painful around that four or $500,000 mark mm-hmm. when you get to that level of your systems are failing and you don't have so much a problem with bringing in new members, it's keeping them and then upping that lifetime customer value that your systems keep failing. And it's like, oh, an admin person has to go in and do this and an admin person has to do that and that drops off and sometimes that fails. And that's when you really start to feel that pain and it gets especially painful around that million dollar mark.
0: Yeah, man, I I love that. Um it kind of reminds me of something similar to what uh Drew Dillon said in episode 299. He uh he runs um Burb, it's it's a community platform and integrates tightly with Circle, but you know, he basically said like at first like do things that don't scale. Yeah. Um and then, like when you start to hit, I think he said like fifty members or fifty community members. Like mm-hmm. that's a, that's the point where like you probably start to feel a little bit of pain by doing mm-hmm. things manually. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sounds like the same thing here, right? Because I don't have a lot of members. How I built a slash pro y- yet uh, yet right? Um, and and part of it is because I wasn't marketing it the right way, and I changed the name fourteen times. <laughs> and the thing that led me to simplifying because I was using, um. WooCommerce and WooCommerce subscriptions and WooCommerce membership. Mm-hmm. The thing that led me to simplify was first of all those two plugins cost a lot of money, um, quote unquote, um, versus ConvertKit Commerce, which kind of comes with the ESP I'm already paying for, mm-hmm. and I just didn't want the baggage of a another WooCommerce site. Yeah, and so that led me to make a rash decision. That's the word I was trying to think of in the pre-show. Make a rash decision to go like, I'm just going to simplify as much as possible. W- convert kit Commerce has a subscription. So I'll just do that. Great. And then as I committed to this, because I didn't properly test either, Karanda, uh, Karanda Adir was on my show and she was like, yeah, you need to like write do- job descriptions for your software. Um, that's
1: a clever way of looking at it. That's job a really clever way software. of looking at it,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do that because I just, I thought, well, surely there's a way to know if members churn, right? I mean, obviously, like that's just fundamental, Nathan right? Nathan Barry like constantly talks about that, how he wants his churn rate to be zero. So surely if they're building a subscription product, we know what our churn rate is. <laughs> and it's not until after I sold the first couple of memberships on this new platform that I found out. No, there's no way to tell. There's no
1: native way to tell. Even with um, Woo subscriptions, and we're, we're just in the process of building out a plugin that solves for this. I mean, because in my mind, I want my technology to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And if it's not beautiful, it doesn't perform beautifully. If it can't flow, then I'm going to find a different solution or I'm going to build one. Yeah. And the, we, we're developing a WooCommerce plugin right now that one will give us the level of reporting that I want. Um, nice that I haven't been able to see. And the problem with the Woo Subscriptions plugin is that it it builds off of the way that, um, like WordPress, and you're much more the developer than I am, so correct me if I'm wrong in any yeah. of these ways, but they, they keep all of the subscription billings on the WordPress site. Mm-hmm. And even if you're using Stripe, however, Stripe has got really good technology around how to manage and how to run subscriptions. And so... The if a cron job doesn't run function, it doesn't run correctly on the site, our subscriptions just don't go through. Yep. And so we want to build this plugin. So and we're in the process of it, it'll be launched, I think, in the next month or two now, um, of just leveraging Stripe subscriptions so that we can have this way to, to really beautifully manage subscriptions because there's this reporting that I want to have for all of our sites that we're doing manually right now for most of our clients, which is it's, it's really quite simple in my mind. And I'm like, why isn't why isn't anyone doing this? Yeah. But at the beginning of the month, I want to know how many members I have. And I want to know how many members I have at the end. And I want to know the complete story of how that happened. So yeah. new people, where did they come from? Were they free trials? Were they not? Whatever else. Um, and then I want to know how many people like manually canceled. And then there's a term I came up with of called Canadian canceling. <laughs> <laughs> which is when people get added into payment failure and they just don't update their credit card cuz they're just they're just too polite that they just, they don't want to be in your membership anymore but they're mm-hmm. just too polite to tell you. Yeah. And then your payment failure rate and the payment failure rate is one of the ones that I think a lot of people miss. And you want to know what happens when you don't pay attention to that payment failure rate?
0: What happens?
1: Well, you lose money. Right. <laughs> 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 but the the underlying reason for why is is uh, you can fix it and right. that what we've seen now is because credit card fraud is going up is that processors play around with how they're confirming out whether that that card is correct or not AVS mismatch we're seeing a lot of those rules come out in like Mexico and a lot of overseas right now but they're going to come to North America as well so they up how they're verifying those credit cards which will unintentionally push your payment failure rate. So one, if you don't have a really solid payment failure system, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Two, if you're not keeping an eye on those, like you can go in and adjust those depending on how like we have clients that kind of are in dodgier areas of membership. Mm-hmm. And so their, their verifications are a lot higher versus the high ticket ones where it's like, we know these are reasonably good people. And if you're paying attention to those, you can go and fix it. We've gone into systems that haven't kept an eye on it, and we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars that have been lost because wow. nobody saw it, nobody looked at it, nobody questioned it. And then it's just gone. It's not like you can go back to those people. And then additionally, it could be your, your billing system or however you're charging them. Sometimes it doesn't even try to charge but nobody's looking at it. So it's like really, really looking at what does that whole picture look like? And if you get that snapshot every month, as soon as something's just a little bit off from your averages, oh, we need to look at that. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's how you really manage growth in that long term.
0: Wow. That's so interesting, right? Because it's, it's not really from the creator standpoint or even like, I mean, I as a developer, well, a former developer, I guess, um, developer in recovery <laughs> the developer in recovery um, I don't I didn't live in the membership space as much and so that's not something I really thought about and so again approaching this from the creator side I just think well surely the developer has considered this because they're building and it's You'd so true yeah you would think and it's so true right And and you know you look at a bunch of these different options right WP Simple Pay is a a really simple payment gateway, mm-hmm. not really a membership site. It's basically just like a nicer way to embed Stripe on your site. Um, I mean, that's like putting it really simply, but that's basically what it is. Um, and then like you said, WooCommerce subscriptions has its kind of uh, weak points. Um, Don't I even get found, me into order statuses. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's like the ultimately, and this is kind of the reason I jumped WordPress ship right mm-hmm. is because the way wordpress is my favorite thing to focus on in software engineering school was mm-hmm. database design i mm-hmm. loved designing databases and wordpress has one of the most god awful database implementations i have ever i did ever not know seen. that they're like let's just make everything post meta and i'm like no though like what like you're just going to serialize a bunch of strings. Uh, we've lost creators now. I just said like serialized. You're going to just store everything. Imagine storing all of your content in one big long text file.
1: Oh, God. I,
0: that's basically how WordPress stores all the data associated with your posts, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: that's how WooCommerce does it because WooCommerce is owned by by automatic and they do things the WordPress way and Mm -hmm. maybe they have their own set of tables, but that's like kind of discouraged. And so it's just like a mess Mm -hmm. on the back end. And so like you you are backing into these. So anyway, I figured, well, with ConvertKit Commerce, I just want to take people's money on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. and they probably give me everything I need. And then I learned Mm -hmm. that they don't. Maybe they will by the time this episode comes out. Um, Cross your did, fingers.
1: Yeah, they don't, did. Just don't hold your
0: breath. Though. No, that's probably
1: not wise. No.
0: they did just roll out t- transactions because this is one of the other things, right? Mm-hmm. Not that i not that I want to dump on ConvertKit. I love ConvertKit, obviously. And Nathan um, Berry's a cool dude. Nathan Berry's a cool, very gracious dude. I was like kind totally. of a turd to him on Twitter several years ago. And he was like really <laughs> nice about it. Um, so like… It just makes
1: you feel worse though. When he's it really does. It makes me feel it.
0: so much worse. Right? Oh, like you're not a jerk. Um, yeah. So Be- super cool guy. Um, and I love ConvertKit. Um, but like you don't get emails when someone buys a product either. Mm-hmm. And they just rolled out transactions. So now there's like a list of the products I've sold. Like, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And that's new uh, as we record this as of, like, a week ago. Um, and so, you know, I get that they want to iterate quickly. But um, there, I think there are some things that were probably must-have features. Well, that I would consider
1: must-have features. Um but you got software developers doing it not not guided by creators or people that are actually using it and this right. is a common problem to every software though.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, right? And I think it's not to toot my own horn here, but I feel like I'm I do a very good job of straddling both worlds. Like I think I'm a mm-hmm. developer who is very good at talking to end users and stakeholders about understanding their needs, but a lot of developers are not. Mm-hmm. Or there are a lot of project managers who are not good at talking to one or the other. And so yeah, you're gonna have that breakdown in features and then it's up to support to submit a ticket and some project manager to be like, is this really that important?
1: Well, then we've got this huge um weight where every software is trying to be everything to everyone now too. Yeah. So that list of the features that are is just endless. And it, it does kind of come down to what are you optimizing for? Most softwares aren't optimizing for anything. They're optimizing for an all-in-one software, which is optimizing for nothing. I, I want to record this down. We are going to see the other side of this, that softwares are going to start to say, we specialize in this. This is our thing. We don't do anything else. You can use all of those other things. That's going to be the other side.
0: This episode is brought to you by Groundhog. Groundhog is an open-source CRM and marketing automation suite for serious agencies, small businesses, content creators, e-commerce experts, and WordPress professionals. Groundhog allows you to create funnels, automate email, and SMS communications, and manage your contacts from the comfort of your WordPress dashboard. Unlike other SaaS CRM platforms, Groundhog does not charge you a success tax, Groundhog charges a flat rate fee regardless of the size of your list. Groundhog will never charge you more as your list grows. It also integrates with all of the top WordPress, e-commerce, LMS, and membership plugins to create a unified customer experience. Start now with a 14-day demo for $1. Go to howibuilt.it slash Groundhog. That's how I built it. Slash G R O U N D H O G G, or use the code How It for twenty percent off your first year of any plan. Thanks so much to Groundhog for sponsoring this episode of How I Built It. This episode is brought to you by LearnDash. Look, I've been making courses for a long time. I've taught at the college level and I've created curriculums for several different organizations, including Udemy, Sessions College and LinkedIn Learning. When I create my own courses, there's no better option than LearnDash. LearnDash combines cutting edge e-learning tools with WordPress They're trusted to power learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, and creators worldwide. What makes LearnDash so great is it was created by and is run by people who deeply understand online learning and adds features that are truly helpful for independent course creators. I love the user experience. And now you can import Vimeo and YouTube playlists and have a course created automatically in seconds, I trust LearnDash to run my courses and membership, and you should too. Learn more at howibuilt.it learndash Of this trend,
1: and I am all for it.
0: Keeping this on like WordPress versus platforms, it's probably a little bit that right because like one of the big, mm-hmm. uh, like tentpole selling points of WordPress is you can do whatever you want. Which
1: is a blessing and a curse.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, And so, but like platforms are probably like, how do we compete with WordPress? Well, we let people do whatever they want within reason.
1: Yeah. In the So it's like, the thing I like about WordPress is that I can do whatever I want, but I can also choose the best in class thing for the specific problem I'm looking to solve. Whereas with platform, like it's kind of like when my cell phone company is like, you can have a hundred talk minutes. And it's like, I don't want to be on the phone at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. Like, well, that's included in your plan. And it's like, well, I don't really want that. And like, well, that's included in your plan and you also get cable. And I was like, well, I don't watch cable. I watch online streaming. And that's kind of what I think of when I think of both platforms and also bloated themes, by the way, but that's a separate conversation.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I don't want to throw shade at anybody, but uh, there are a few bosses who are not my buddies who have uh, just bloated themes. (sighs)
1: It's a it's a yeah. crack drug. It's the the option to want the option that people really like. Well, I might want to do that someday. Right. And and I love Kronda's thing of the job descriptions for your software. Stick to those job descriptions, and you'll you'll keep it a lot simpler because oftentimes we have to come in when a business is scaled and just trip out a bunch of stuff that got added in, and there was no cleaning procedure on that. Um, just to come back to like yeah. the the version of what do you want to do WordPress or do you want to do platform? One of the biggest things is where are you at in your testing phase and where you're at within your business. If you're still fairly new and just kind of testing out your ideas, you're better off to use a platform, frankly, because you are going to have to invest in a WordPress site and there's just there's not really a simple way to do it without investing some good money. And if you try to do it cheaply, you're just going to hate yourself because you're mm-hmm. going to be hiring subpar developers who aren't going to yeah. know what they're doing. And you're going to spend a lot of your time just trying to manage them and trying to get the things that you need from them. And there's no one stop support for that, which is painful. So just to test your ideas and like, can you get money for your idea for your content is really good. Now, if you have a proven idea, if you have an audience, then it might be worthwhile to set something up that is a little bit more stable on WordPress because then you don't have to replatform down the road.
0: Yeah. And that's like a scary thing, right? So I'll just touch on this really quickly, right? Finding good developers, even if you are big or like kind of know what you're doing is tough, right? One yeah. of the things I still consult on, I don't do a whole lot of web consulting anymore. I'm fully focused on podcast consulting. Like I want to be known for that thing. Speaking of like focusing and specializing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But it just kills me when people hire bad developers. So I will still help consult on that. I'll say like, I'm not going to write code, but I'll take a look at your site and I'll tell you where there are some problem issues. And I've worked with like some pretty big brands who just got like sold a bag of crap from... And I'm like, who's your host? And they're like, oh, I think they resell it. And that is always, Uh-oh. always a And red we don't flag. have
1: login to it.
0: Yeah, and we don't have, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really know. They made us move from really good host to their host. Um, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, like, yeah, they told me like Pressable's not that good. Or, oh, they told me that, um, uh, oh, who's the other one? Um, like WP Engine is not that good. And I'm like, those two are like best in class for WordPress hosting.
1: It's like, well, why aren't they that good? And if they right. can't answer that question, right. then they're probably full of something.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's
1: not whipped cream. <laughs>
0: it's not whipped cream. No.
1: Um so so I, I like what
0: but I I do like what you said here about like WordPress kind of lets you pick the best in class. And then where are you at in your business, right? So again, if we're going if, if to stay anchored to like me as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, I Again, I don't have a lot of members. Yeah. And my membership was also tied to my online, co- yeah, thank you, um, was also tied to my online courses. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I, I shut that down. I made those courses free on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. I'm only focusing on the podcast stuff. And I thought, am I going to maintain a fully separate site for less than a dozen members.
1: doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And so
0: I sent the email. I assumed most of those people were going to churn anyway because Mm -hmm. the scope of the membership changed so much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a little automation when they churn, right? Like I have, I put in... You've duct taped it. Yep. Do things that don't scale, right? Mm -hmm. I created a custom field in ConvertKit Mm -hmm. that has their expiration date. And on that date, I say, hey, your membership is over. If you'd like to re-up, you have to do it through here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, I mean, knock on wood, it's you know, it's worked pretty well.
1: The, the funny thing that the reason why people like platforms is like, well, I won't have to duct tape things together. Right. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, I want to do this thing. And you're going to have to duct tape it anyways.
0: Yeah. And yeah. You, yeah. You, if Honestly, like you're probably going to have to duct tape stuff unless yeah. you hire somebody to do like a custom like a fully custom thing,
1: right? Well, here's the caveat with that of, and I work with our clients a lot, especially on our scaling clients, is what I call the talk off the ledge talks, Mm -hmm. where they get this great idea, because as entrepreneurs, we love chaos. Yes. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) this just feels a little, like, why don't we just change everything? This just feels a little bit too steady here. And they'll flag something up with my team and then my team will flag it up with me. And I'll be like, we're going to, we should just, we should chat. And then we get on a call. I'm like, is this really something you want to do? Is there a simpler way to do it? Is this really a complexity you want to add? Is there a different way we can get this, this need for chaos out in a different way within your system without messing everything up? The, the talk off the ledge talks.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And like, you need it, right? I, I need it. Yeah. I'm, I meet with a friend every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's usually talking me off a ledge or keeping me on track because mm-hmm. I get this idea. I had a thought over the weekend and I'm like, oh, maybe I that's should run great with this. Idea. This,
1: could great be my idea. Million, this could be my next million dollar yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. It's like, maybe you should just stay focused. Yeah,
0: maybe not. By the way, I'm reading "A $100 million offers right now by Alex Formozzi.
1: I've got it right
0: here. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, so that's giving me even more ideas. And I'm really hoping like at the I end of him. this, at the end of this, I'm on like step five of six right now or step Mm -hmm. four of six. Um, I really hope like by step six, I have one core idea, right? Because that's the thing Mm -hmm. he says, like your Grand Slam offer is like one thing. So,
1: Um, I think what he doesn't talk about too much in that though is um, you get to test a bunch of offers. He does actually touch on it. Of you just try a bunch of things. And I love the quote from Winston Churchill, which is, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Mm. Of like, take your offer, try the offer, doesn't work. Okay, tweak it, tweak it, tweak it. And one of the things that Alex says a lot is, I just don't stop. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like that because it, it there's so much that puts entrepreneurship up on a pedestal. And a lot of entrepreneurship is just, you just don't stop. You just keep trying and you keep yeah. trying. And a lot of the times it's not going to work and you just keep going. And when we're thinking about designing out technical systems and technical infrastructure, it's like, how can we make it simple enough that it supports that functionality where we can keep iterating as quickly as possible to get to those successes and then double down on those successes? Versus hmm. if you have these really these really inflexible systems you have to rebuild everything in order to test your ideas. So yep. we build out systems so that they are very flexible, so that you can just keep iterating over and over again.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm like, I'm feeling that magic right now with my podcast liftoff playbook.
1: Ooh, I'm using past, um, podcast liftoff playbook. Sounds great. Uh,
0: yeah, it's like uh, it's it's like the Netflix of launching a podcast videos. Um, and. Uh, Full disclosure, they are a former sponsor of the show, but Paid Memberships Pro is the membership site I'm using there or the membership plugin I'm using there. I love that. And um, I, it's, if I had properly assigned jobs to all of my like different little projects, more often than not, I would probably use that because you can like disable and enable just the right amount of features and mm-hmm. they, you know, I'm, Tech savvy, and so they give you like code snippets for like a lot of stuff that you want to try without bloating the actual plugin too much. And so I really like that. It's been a very joyful experience for me managing that on the back end.
1: And they think about marketing a lot when they're thinking about their plugin, and like the way they've designed it is very thoughtful. Yes. And they've been around for a long time too. It shows the longevity. And I, I like meeting the founders of plugins to get a kind of sense of like what's their personality because their personalities will play out in the plugin. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's it's sure. weird, but it's like it's a part of them in some way.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And like, I mean, you know, I know Jason and Kim. We mm-hmm. actually live like an hour from each other.
1: I didn't
0: know that. Um, fun fact Jason was the first guest on this podcast. Oh. And he was like my first friend at a WordCamp. Uh, I went to WordCamp Philly 2011. Mm-hmm. It was on my birthday. 2011. Wow. Yeah. Um, my first WordCamp ever was like WordCamp New York 2008, I think. But um, yeah, WordCamp Philly 2011. Um, it was on my birthday. And people at the after party found out and bought me a copious amount of drinks. And I don't drink that much. I never drank that much. Except for that night. <laughs> yeah. And so Jason very graciously drove me back to my hotel and I'm like oh we're gonna be friends we're still friends this day He
1: probably saved your life that night (laughs) he likely he very likely
0: did I'm like this is so nice man like I just like I'm like more I'm like a nice guy and I'm more nice when I'm intoxicated um but yeah so that's like I'm forever grateful I think I bought him lunch at the next word camp that I saw him at
1: uh both of them are very very gracious humans I enjoyed getting to know them
0: they're they're really great people um whenever i hear like ill will about them i generally assume that i'm not getting the whole story um and that's generally panned out to be true but that's neither here nor there that's very gossipy we're coming up on the we've been talking for a while we're coming up on the end um so i guess let's put a bow on the platform versus wordpress where are you in your business? You probably want to use a platform if you're like at the beginning of your testing stuff. How? I'm trying to think of the right way to word this. Because you don't want to switch platforms too much. No. But you also don't want to feel locked into a platform that's not working for you, right?
1: hmm
0: So I guess... W- what is maybe one or two tips? I wish I asked you this beforehand so you could have had more time to think about it because I think about this a lot and I don't know. Um, what's a good way to switch platforms without churning too many like too many people over, right?
1: Um, have your subscriptions live somewhere that's not connected to any platform. So okay. one of the things that we're looking at with this new plugin is that this, the subscriptions live on Stripe. So as long as it's connected to Stripe, you can reconnect it to anywhere. But if you're using ConvertKit, you're going to have to transfer all of those subscriptions over, like any sort of solution like that. So know that if you start your subscriptions, that that's going to be the biggest pain point. A lot of the times when people are starting, we recommend you sell a course first. And then go to that one-time, go see if you can sell that one-time thing first, Mm -hmm. get some traction, get some movement from that. And then once you have some money, then you can reinvest and maybe choose the platform or the solution that's really going to work for you Mm. going forward.
0: Gosh, that is, um, that's like, my friends, you just got, that was worth the price of admission right there. Um, I know it's a free podcast, but still, that is Just great, great advice because I think there's like two competing thoughts, right? As we record this towards the beginning Mm -hmm. of 2023, Mm -hmm. um, I need a subscription model to make my business survive is from the business point of view. But from the consumer point of view, it really feels like there's subscription fatigue. And so if you're going to offer a subscription, it needs to be really compelling
1: and when you're first starting, you don't have enough experience to really know what your people want. And the natural progression is that sell the one-time thing and then give them like a couple months free of the subscription you're going to launch in three to six months. Mm. And the natural inclination is if you've, sol- if you've solved their problem beautifully within that one-time fee, they're going to ask for more. And so the other important thing is talk to your people. Build Talk out automation, keep people. keep your people close, especially when you're first starting, and just keep, how can I help? What's going on? Where are you trying to get to? And just really keep that conversation going and build out your systems around that. And there's a natural flow and momentum. If people just listened more and stopped trying to tell people what they think they need and just asked the question and listened more to what they actually want and didn't ask, oh, so how do you fix that? No, if they knew how they fixed their problem, they would do it. (laughs) They want you to fix their problem, which
0: is I I didn't call a hot water heater guy. Right, a little behind the scenes stuff. Melody and I had to move this because our hot water heater went. I didn't call the hot water heater guy because I knew how to fix my hot water heater. No, right. I was like, you do it. I said, um, I I tried to check the pilot light, but I couldn't find it. And he goes, "This is an electric." water heater so you don't have a pilot light I'm like great so you can basically charge me any amount of money and I'll have no idea if it's fair or not perfect
1: (laughs) this is a great analogy for technology too (laughs) yeah
0: for sure Um, but I love that talk to your people also episode 300 I did the top 10 lessons I've learned over 300 episodes of how I built it number two was talk to your people like talk Mm -hmm. to your customers so
1: so basic same
0: lesson you need you need to
1: talk and listen (laughs) yes
0: talk and listen Yes. Ask don't, a question
1: and listen. <laughs> don't get
0: them to confirm what you think.
1: No confirmation Learn what bias. they need. Right.
0: Yeah. Love that. Um, Ish- as we as we come as we come up on time here, there are two things that you wrote in the show notes document that I would love to get your perspective on. Maybe we can do like a little lightning round right now. Okay. Cool. Let's do um, it. Three major mistakes content creators make and how you can avoid them. I don't know if that's lightning round material.
1: Um, I'll make it lightning round. We just give the high level. Um, you try to number, the number one thing is you try, you act like a big business before you're really there of, I want to do upsells and downsells and there'll be three different versions of my offer. Keep it as simple as you possibly can. I love, there's a, there's a tool that I got from a company that I'm working with called visionary CEO, and they do this practice where it's like, write down your offer on one side of the simplest form, and then on the right side of your page, all the ways you can complicate it.
0: (laughs) Mm, I love that.
1: And it's a way for you to be able to keep track of all the things that you can do in the future, but really just focus on what that core is because the the number one thing that's going to lead you to failure is just not selling. Like you can yeah. solve all the other problems, but if you do not have money coming, in, if you're not solving the problem of your people, then nothing else really matters. So keep it as simple as possible when you start.
0: I love um, that. I'm going to, before you move, this is not very light. I'm like not built for lightning rounds, but the way that I've been putting it in my head, it's one of my goals for this year is uh, stop answering questions people aren't asking.
1: Oh, that's good. It's like, yeah. a,
0: it's like, that's how I keep myself tethered to keeping it simple, right? Mm-hmm oh, well, I could do this and I could do, and what if it doesn't scale? No, just, you know what? Set up a product Mm in whatever, the easiest payment processor you know how to use. See if people buy it. Set up a pre-sale page. See if people buy it.
1: Mm -hmm. Which leads to actually my second one of, you need to have it finished before you try to sell it. And I've seen a number of successful sites start from, um, we're going to, this is what I'm offering. We're going to do five or four live Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. And those live Zoom calls then become your recorded content that you create for your course of sell it before you have it. It also puts the fire under your butt (laughs) to create your content. Yes. And it tells you if
0: no one wants it, right? I I pre-sold a course that I thought was going to just like be killer. Mm -hmm. Four people bought it. And I was like, you know what? You're all getting refunds. Sorry,
1: nobody wants us. It's the the age old Edison quote of "I have a hundred ways not to build a light bulb." of yeah. Don't don't let that like if no one buys it, you don't make that like a failure. Make it like, well, now I know what they don't want. Right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I love that.
1: And then you can, and then it makes it so that you can find what it is that you you do want. Um, three is that uh, any technology, and this could be this could be number one. Uh, no technology, no person, no business provider is going to solve all your problems. You are going to have to deal with the tech, and you need to carve out time and understand that you might not have to spend all of your time on it. But understand, like you need to spend some time getting to know your tech, especially when you're starting out, of to have to be able to speak intelligently about what what it is that you're running. The successful business owners that we know delved in at least to a certain degree when they were starting enough that they knew the right questions to ask. They didn't need to be experts in it. But if you just try to hand it off and just get somebody else to take care of it, you are going to get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And people will not do what they say they're going to do. Not because they're bad people, but because sometimes they just don't know any better too.
0: Yeah. that's I, I love that. I love that. And that's like, I don't know if they still do this, but Automatic for a while made all of their new hires work for two weeks in customer support.
1: I hope they still do because it's that's, a really good
0: experience. It feels like something that's definitely part of, like, the fabric of their company. Mm-hmm. Um And, like, I mean, Matt Mullenweg says, I mean, he he says that he'll jump into support sometimes. Um, Would that be so, crazy? Get I know, right? <laughs>
1: okay?
0: He'll, like, post screenshots on Twitter sometimes and be like, look, I'm doing support. Uh, and I'm like, is this for show? Or are you actually... It's weird yeah. if it's just for show.
1: Um... He strikes but, me as somebody that wouldn't do it just for show. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: um, no, I'm sure he would actually, actually does it. Uh, so anyway, so that, that's cool. I love that. Uh, act, uh, the the mistakes, acting like a big business before you are, or before you're there. Uh, you The number two mistake is that you feel like you need to have a finished product before you sell it. And number three is that no tech person or provider is going to solve all of your problems. So you need to have some level of understanding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, going back to the house analogy, like, you know, there's like one of the boards rotted out on my deck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, I understand what I need. And I know that I, like, I can't just have somebody here telling me all of the things that I need to do for my house, right? That mm-hmm. would be wild. So I need to understand at least what my house needs to mitigate those mm-hmm. things.
1: And and what I try to do in all of my content is to develop content that is like the what you need to know yeah, version of content. That. So you don't need to know everything about this, but if you're going to be dealing with this, if you're going to be managing this, this is what you need to know about this. So you don't need to get your PhD in it. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I love that. Um, and then the last thing, uh, the dirty little lie that will slow you down, cause you stress and take away from you creating content.
1: It's going to be perfect at some point in time.
0: Mm, it's going to be perfect at some point in time. Love that.
1: It's never, it doesn't matter. Like every business, you just get different problems. You get bigger problems as you scale. You get yeah. bigger and different problems. And, and just, you know, I, I hate the cliche, but enjoy the process. And yep. again, like success is going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. Yeah. And enjoy the process. And in order to be able to do that, set yourself realistic goals—not goals that are done by coaches. A coach is going to say you should scale to two million or twenty million this year because it makes their forty thousand dollar coaching program make sense. But know yep. where you're coming from. Set realistic, easy goals for yourself when you're starting that are achievable. So that way you can enjoy the process because it is a process. I got an email from a client today, 25 years in business. It's the first time he's taking a week off without with unplugging.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Um, I love that. I want to tell a story, but I want to end it on that note. So Melody, this has been amazing. If people want to learn more about you, and they should where can they find you?
1: Uh, you can find us at businesstechninjas.com. I am um, on. I post quite regularly on Instagram stories as well. Um, and then uh, we're getting up into the YouTube, as the, the, YouTubes, the YouTubes, as the, the older yeah. people call it now. And I do a lot of video content around that with the what you need to know, trying to keep it short, sweet. Like, what do you actually need to know? Not a 10 minute video that gives you a PhD in WordPress.
0: Nice. I love that. I will link to all of that and everything we talked about over on howibuilt.it slash 3 is going to be where the show notes are. You can also sign up for How I Built It Pro there to get the pre-show that is members only. Should
1: definitely do that.
0: You should definitely do that because you'll also get it ad free. Mm-hmm. You know that big long ad break you heard in the middle? You can skip that if you mm-hmm. just pay five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year.
1: I think of the time you're going to save with that I
0: know. That's like less than a cup of coffee. You know, I Mm -hmm. buy iced coffee. It's like six bucks a pop. Yeah. Ridiculous. So anyway, Melody, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. It's been a smash. I wish we could be on here for hours. Likewise. But it's very nice for both of us right now. And I'm going to go outside at least.
1: I think I'm going to take my dog for a walk. Nice. Very
0: nice. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Gap Scout, Learn Dash, and Groundhog. Until next time, get out there and build something.